Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dacius. We're here with Divine Puppet Podcast. We have a special guest today. His name is Gene Wamelis. Gene Wamelis is an administrator, is a leader um, of health, is in education and nonprofit. So Gene, how are you today? I'm doing very well, man. I can't complain. Thank you for being here with us. We're excited to have you. We're going to hear about your experience, your career. And the way we like to start the show is, what can you tell us about you? Well, uh, like you said, I'm in health. I'm in education. Uh, I work with health and education organizations to improve human health and well-being. And that's my life purpose. Oh, man. So you said the key words for us. Um, in this podcast, we focus on helping our audience embrace their calling. So let's talk about your purpose. So what was what was the calling? Or did you know that health was your path? Well, I knew because it was the convergence of my skills and my interests. Right. OK. Um, and I had a life-changing experience. I'm an avid basketball player. I was oh. playing basketball in the gym, right? You play yeah. ball too? Yeah. Okay. I coach now. But um, yeah, go ahead. So you're a basketball player? What position yeah. do you play? So I usually play small forward, shooting oh. guard. Wow. You know, I like to I like to rebound. So usually small forward, you know, I'm good with the box out skills. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> buddy, buddy people out, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and um I'm I'm explosive. I'm not the tallest person on the court, but my timing when that ball hits that backboard in the rim. Yes. Oh my jump. You know, sometimes it's not all about height. It's about timing of that jump. So Yes, uh, I, and I'm glad you said it because um Dennis Wadman said it. He used to have his friend just shooting and then where the ball hits in the back, he just follow. That's why he ended up to be a good rebounder. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So Exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I guess my inspiration really started on a basketball court. Wow. And I hadn't until this podcast really crystallized that thought that my purpose actually spawned on a basketball court. My Mm. skills, everything I was interested in up until that time and everything that the world needed of me converge at that point when I hustled for a rebound I got the rebound but I also won somebody's tooth lodged in the top of my head <laughs> yeah right yeah. 
Yeah. So I push his head off mine, right? And I'm jogging back up the court, you know, and everybody's like, look, you're bleeding. So I'm bleeding all over my shirt. I'm like, wow. Wow. Go to the bathroom. I start to, you know, wash myself off. And I thought about somebody's ambulance bill, right? Mm. That I just learned of as a clinical transporter working in the hospital. Wow. So I was like, you know what? I got to go to the hospital, but I'm not going to call that call an ambulance because that ambulance bill could be over a thousand dollars. So I took my shirt off. I wrapped it around one hand and I drove the steering wheel with the other hand to the emergency room. The whole time thinking, how do I live in America in a culture and society like this? Yeah. Supply and demand and the pricing of ambulance rides is so exorbitant, right? Yeah. So up in that till that time I was an entrepreneur. I opened my own business. I went to the computer applications entrepreneurship magnet high school. And okay. that's what I wanted to do, open up businesses. But at that time I I was said, you know what? I need to dedicate myself to the business of healthcare here in America. So I did my research um, after I got three bills from the doctor, hmm. the prescription for the staples that they yes. staples that they put in my head, and for uh, the hospital. So I said, "What is this disjointedness of the billing system in, in America?" And the fact, on top of it. I worked at the hospital and didn't have health insurance myself and had to pay this bill out of pocket. So I did research as to what the business of health was and it was public health yep. and dedicated my life to improving human health and well-being. And at the time I was living in Florida, I moved back here to New York. I got my, um, I applied to Lehman College okay. and my dual major in health service administration and economics really um, you know, launch my career in public health. So let's talk about high school. Maybe before high school, let's talk about your parents because if you can embrace your calling, you have to, we have to go back, check your background and see right. the trend, you know, the path. So can you take yeah. us there? Yeah, well, I am the youngest of nine. Wow. So five older brothers and three older sisters. Um, and I have a big um, culture of family, you know, yeah. um, growing up with that. And I was very close to my father. Um, you know, he gave me his name, which I, I wear proudly because he's such a great and smart man. Um, and yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, and yep. Wow. So one thing, um, so oh, was it, what was, yeah, I know you touched a little bit about your father. What do you represent for you? Can you go on your, the dynamic of, you say nine siblings? Is that what yeah, you Yeah, that's say? right. That's what was right. the dynamic in this house? Hey, um, it, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, it's, it's very, um, 
communal. Yep. Right. And so it's Haitian American. Yeah. Right. Only me and my older sister were born here in the States. So it was very much immigrant. Yeah. And you come into the house in the inside the house is Haiti. And when you leave the house and go to school, then you're in America. So you Gene, come to the house Gene, and you, yeah. Gene, I have to stop you on this, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Asian too, but uh, yeah, I came here after the earthquake. Okay, but, wow. But you said inside a house is Haiti. <laughs> How do you know it's Haiti? You, you were born here. <laughs> Because I know that's not the same thing I experience. My yeah. friends experience when I go to their house. Okay. Um, people tell me that they experience my colleagues when they go to school and what the teachers and what the TV tell me things were certain. So, okay, okay. Um, in our culture, in Haitian American culture, we have differences and nuances that um, you know don't exist in American culture. So I understood those things and uh, and yeah, you highlighting on those. Dynamics and it was a difference. So, are you? Would you say that it's it's like um the the three the three L they call legalis like I Oh and when you go to Leco to school, it's most likely lawyer or doctor. <laughs> Healthcare or lawyer. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Right. Oh, man. Tell me I'm lying. Oh man, you're not, man. You're not. So we we had a bunch um in our great, great people and working in different industry. Yeah. That's why we and we're part of you. Yeah. And because we understand why it takes to be where you are. And we have the chance to to be part of hearing or, or sharing our guests share their experience, their background, and I think you're doing the same. So to to touch on it is like they said yes, that's that was the main thing they focus on. And Haitian parents, they don't take the average. <laughs> right. They don't they don't understand it, but they want you to be the best you can. That's right. That's right. And I think my dad, because uh, he is not a normal uh Haitian Haitian. So okay. He's even though there's certain things he doesn't understand, he will trust me and support me yeah. in making me better than yeah. he is understanding more things than he did. And he understands that, you know, life can't just be healthcare or lawyer. Yeah. And that there's a whole lot of industries that people are successful in that patients and, you know, him and us, we can be successful in as well. No, well said. So what is the best or your favorite memory of your childhood? My favorite childhood memory is bikes ride bike rides with my dad. Oh, we grew up in we grew up in Rosedale again. I was I was born in Crown Heights. Yep. And um, you know, I uh grew up in Rosedale, Queens. And it's the corner of New York City. Yeah. And there's a suburbs a little bit uh, of area. We had Brookville Park that was right there. And we used to bike ride around 
around Rosedale. Yeah. And I just remember exploring different parts of my town with my dad and, you know, learning new things and seeing new people and trusting him as he leads me, you know? Um, and those those were my favorite childhood memories. How important was that for you? Very important. Very important. Can you touch it? Yeah. Um, and so my dad is also a minister and he also preaches about um, one thing he noticed in these bike rides that we had. So um, there would be a time where we come to a crosswalk and whenever he tells me to go, I wouldn't look left or right. I would just go. Yeah. And at the next crosswalk, he would tell me to go and I would trust him and go. And then the third crosswalk, he asked me why, why don't I look left and right before crossing? Yeah. I told him because I trust him. I trust that he won't let me get hit by a truck because he's my dad. And so if he tells me to go, I don't have to look left or right because I can trust he done that for me. And so he teaches that as a analogy to the trust that we should have in God. Wow. And um, so that's what he preaches in his sermons. And um, yeah, so that's, I think, the most significant thing, um, you know, that cover has come out of those bike rides. And thank you for sharing this. This is very, very, very deep. And like... So what's what was the best compliment you ever got him? Oh, my best compliment I ever got, I think, was from um, Felicia Ross and yeah, okay. Haitian. And so you must have a Haitian American audience. And um, yeah. so if you're Haitian American, you have to know Felicia Ross. And um, right before the pandemic, the pandemic was announced in March 2019. Yes. And in March 2019, I was with Felicia Ross and the UN. Um, development fund to um, to end malaria, right? So yes. we actually sat on a panel at the Haitian embassy um, and started a coalition of diaspora to combat, um, you know, malaria and other items um, that Haitians need. Um, yes. And while we were having our dinners um, after the event, um, and you know, I was getting close to other diaspora partners, including Felicia Ross, she mentioned that I remind her of Malcolm X. Wow. So, so you know, Felicia Ross said I remind her like of Malcolm X. I think that's uh, I, there's a whole lot of other compliments that I can say. I love, <laughs> that's the most, but, yeah, that's the yeah, best one you got, right? That's, that's, a, that's a good one I got right now. Nah, that's, a, that's a big one, man. That's definitely a big one. That's mm -hmm. Let's go back on you in high school. What was your dream job in high school? So it's a two-part question. So I like to do it because I feel like people, we need to understand. Dream can change, but who you are going to stay the same. Does that make sense? Mm, so that's right. what was your dream job in high school, college, and now? Mm -hmm. If they're the same, great. If they're not, yeah. let, me know, let us know. So my dream job in high school, and I remember writing this down in class and reciting it. 
um, and we had to do a partner um, exercise where um, our partner had to announce the interview yeah. that we had with each other. And so my partner, I still remember her name to this day, uh, Tiffany Hope. Okay. She said, Jean wants to be a owner of several unrelated businesses. And the way she said it, <laughs> she made the whole class laugh. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking it that way. And to me, it made sense. But when she said it backwards, I said, hmm, maybe I need to refine <laughs> exactly what I want to be. And so basically, that's an entrepreneur. In high school, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Wow. Yeah. So and yeah, okay, good, good. And so you know, um, in college, uh, when I told you that story of my inspiration that happened on the basketball court, that was while I was getting my associate's degree yeah. um, in Eastern Florida State College um, in Brevard, Florida, in Brevard County, Florida. And when that happened, you know. I said my dream job is to be the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Mm. So I, I I would say that's still my dream job. That's wow. that's that's still the goal. Um, that's still uh, sort of the career path that I outlined for myself and um, and everything that I do. Yo, this is great so far. What I'm hearing from you and. And I think our audience will very, very much appreciate it. So let's go to... So now, this is going to take us a little bit like a 360, where I said, what are what are the three most challenging events in your life? The three most challenging events in my life. Um, I think they had to do with my 10-year career at Bloomberg. Okay. So... I moved back from Florida in 2007, and that's when the last recession hit. I didn't know about economic downturns. Had I was had I been watching at the time, maybe I wouldn't have moved back to New York City. Um, but I did, and I was unemployed for the longest time in my life in the end of 2007 for three whole months. Oh. This was traumatic yeah. for me. You know, um, and I see the TV show Pursuit of ha- the, the the movie Pursuit of Happiness now, yeah. and it reminds me of that time. Okay, because I remember a time I was on the train, right, and the sole of my shoe was missing from me going to so many interviews. Wow! And I went to the new hire orientation for my new job as an intern for Bloomberg LP with these shoes on and on the train ride home feeling the 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 train floor on the bottom of my sock you know I started I started tearing and I said no now I know I could buy me a pair of good shoes in a couple weeks so um yeah that was that was the most that was the most challenging time and um moving back and so I was a manager for a gas station in Florida before I moved back and I was trying to get manager roles and in a recession uh, yep. a young person like me in a big market like 
New York. New York. It's yes. hard to gonna get a, it's gonna be really hard to get a manager job. And you know, so I decided to, you know, um to kind of reset. And I started looking at internships. And I, you know, and I got an intern at ship at Bloomberg LP. I got a call from my brother. He said, you know, he knew some um, you know, his sister-in-law knew somebody who quit at this great company called Bloomberg. Um, they could get you an interview. I did research on the company. I got the interview. Uh, the ladies asked me what I knew about the company. And I said, well, you." I told her everything I know about the company. At the end, I told her, you're going to get on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And she goes, really? I didn't know that we're going on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. That And that's pretty cool. And I got the job. I got the internship and it paid me yeah. as much I was as I was getting paid as a manager in Florida for half oh. the hours. So I was doing half the work, half yeah. the hours and getting paid uh, pretty much the same. And so um, I think that's how I got the job, um, being able to wow the interviewer about the organization that she worked for and, and what I was able to find out with it. Wow. And and here we knew talking about this experience. I can the only question I can ask you now. So what was the process for you to embrace your college? Like when you realizing my path is different. <laughs> I need to just stop fighting. <laughs> mm. But start trusting the process. So what was it for you? When did you have that wake up call? That wake up call, um, I oh, I always had that. I think my my, my dad always um, made me in tune with emotional intelligence. Yeah. And even now, it's a term now that we use that's being you know it's becoming more and more pop popular. Thankfully, um, I always were in tune with who I was. Um, where I was in society and that purpose exists and um, I have I do have a purpose right yeah. so um, growing up in a religious household um, the purpose was what God had for you and you were supposed to find that purpose and um, submit yourself to it um, anything so um, that was from just in the you know the beginnings of uh, my understandings about life and 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 now um, I understand that um, what the purpose is is not bestowed upon me but the purpose is uh, what I am the purpose is you know is me um, the purpose is my skills um, and my place in, in the world wow well said so one thing I like to min, um, see like it's different it's like an adventure for me where like I'm taking notes from different mm. guests and mm. usually the answer are the same mm. <laughs> so what was your transition from high school to college yeah the transition from high school to college it was a great transition um at the time in high school i went to the business computer applications and entrepreneurship magnet high school i knew i wanted to be an entrepreneur from junior high school so i applied okay. to that school on purpose 
Okay. Um, and so leaving that high school, I saw my entrepreneurial career blossoming and starting. And at the same time, my parents sold the house to my brother and moved to Florida, decided to move to Florida. So I was at a crossroads. I could stay here uh, in sort of a bachelor pad type of uh, environment with my brother, or I can go with my parents and still live with my parents in Florida. And I chose to go to Florida because I lived in the same house for pretty much all of my life. And I wanted to expand my horizons and learn more about life and learn life from a different perspective. And um, when I graduated high school, um, that's what I did. I moved, it, it took me two months that summer and I moved to Florida, um, you know, going from high school um, into college. So that first year I moved to Florida, I had to take one year off. Yeah. Because they tried to charge me triple tuition yeah. for being an out of state resident. Okay. Yeah. So when that happened, I said, I'm not paying triple tuition. I'm going to make my own internship and I opened my own business. I was buying and selling CDs at the time in Florida. It was a little bit before Napster. And everybody was in cool in Florida if you knew the hot new music. And you have to stay connected with your friends and family in New York to know the hot new music. But for me, I saw that as an opportunity. I paid rent to a barbershop owner for a uh, place in his barbershop to sell um, CDs, white tees, smash DVDs, and other paraphernalia to his uh, clients and the other clients that were in the shopping um, in the shopping um, center. You said, wow. Um, I did that for a year until, you know, the triple tuition um, mandate was, wasn't wasn't um, in place for me. Okay. And I went to I went to uh, Eastern Florida State College and got my uh, business management college credit certificate um, okay. there from. And then uh, after that, I got my associate's degree and then I moved back to um New York. I moved back to New York and I got my dual major in health service administration and economics. Yeah, um, I, was, I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. I see you have a master of public administration in international health policy and management. That's correct. A bachelor of science in health services administration and bachelor of art in economics. That's correct. So, quite an accomplishment. Yes. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's hard work. Yes. Uh, costly work. You know, um, I'm getting emails from Nelnet. Everybody that hears this, you know, if they're not calling you and emailing you already, yeah. the payments are starting. The COVID, uh, you know, <laughs> the yeah, yep. is ending, you know, but yeah. So what's the mm-hmm. most things you are part of, you accomplish? My biggest accomplishment is starting my father's son consulting firm. We, me and my dad, we founded Romulus and Son LLC yep. on my birthday, April 17, 2020. Wow, yeah. you, you're a poor guy too? Now? Nah? You were born in hip hop? 
In what? In April. Yeah, April. yeah, yeah, yeah. Aries. Yeah, so. me too, man. April 3rd. Oh, April 3rd? Oh, yes. good, man. Okay, nice. <laughs> good people, man. Good people. Nice, nice. Good Yo, people. That's good. That's good. Good people. Good people. Yeah, man. Um, so, did you always... Like, the question is, what is... What is some piece of advice you will get to somebody who's starting now or who's trying to embrace their calling now? Mm-hmm. Be yourself. Be mm. yourself. Uh, align your passion with your purpose yeah. and your skill. And don't waver. There's going to be a lot of opportunities that might take you off your path. Um... If you take them, don't steer, don't don't disregard your path. Make sure that you're taking that opportunity and making a plan about how that opportunity is going to overall benefit your purpose and path. And um, do that. Wow. Thank you for sharing. So what was the, the most important lesson you learned? You yourself, Chip. Mm-hmm. Most important lesson I learned is not to undervalue myself, to negotiate myself, to negotiate my worth. You gotta and say it again, man. You gotta say it again. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I have to value myself. I have to know my value and my self worth, and negotiate things like salary, things like attention, things like uh, resources um, that I know I deserve for myself and being vehemently, unapologetically uh, intentional about that Um, and being able to negotiate on my own behalf. Nah, and so what happened? I want to go a a little bit. Sometimes you want to be nice. Um, (laughs) And I thought I was being a nice guy uh, (laughs) by undervaluing some of the work, some of the output that I was able to do. Hold on. on, (laughs) Do you think think nice guy finished last? (laughs) Hey. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's oh, a reason man. why that's a phrase, you know. Yeah, um, you know, and it's not true all the time. Yeah, uh, but I would say know your worth. Yeah, in the you in know, the workplace, in the workplace, man. Come on, you know, in the workplace. Yeah, okay, yeah, yes. yeah. in the workplace. Yeah, in the workplace. Nice guys for this last. So. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you tell us more about it, but I'll I'll, I'll quickly share mine. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first got a job, especially when you were waiting a long time, you just your emotion is fighting you, saying, "I ah, just get the job," mm-hmm. and you know you worth more than that, and you just ah, because you wanna we just get out of that unemployment phase, you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to lose that opportunity, mm-hmm. and you just cut yourself short on on that negotiating deal of your salary. Yep. Yep. So when did you realize? When did you say no more? <laughs> and I, I don't even you ever had that. I plan to t- go into this detail, but the way you just set it up, I have to. 
you know, I, I was an intern at Bloomberg for yeah. two and a half years. Multi-billion dollar organization. Yeah. Four billion exactly. Because I was a tour guide for uh, the organization I had to study. And then 72 countries, right? Mm. And I realized a lot of risks and inconsistencies in their accounts payable process. Okay. And so what I did is I did research, cost benefit analysis, industry standard, comparative analysis to find out how we can alleviate these inconsistencies. I wrote a job description and a role that would help alleviate. Come on, John. Come on, Gene. I made my own job at this company. I wrote the job description for them. I presented it to our manager. They, she took it to HR and they hired me for it. Right? And when that <laughs> happened and it came down to the time, okay, Gene, we got this role in and we created it in these ways that you wanted it. What's a salary? And, and, <laughs> and then they told me the salary, and I was shocked. What's you know? What? I was shocked. And, you know, but like you said, I, I was an intern. I had that winter that I told you about before, before the internship. And yeah. I had this great opportunity to have something great. Uh, a bullet point under my belt. Yeah. And um, I didn't negotiate back high enough. Ooh. I know you heard. I know you heard. I, yeah. I, I did it. And I think, you know, till this day, um, I'm still feeling the the trajectory of, of that of that uh, misstep. So, yeah. Wow. Sorry to hear that. It's just um, one thing I realized it's, it's always the same. So one thing uh, all right, for me, so quick background for me. Um, I'm a locksmith. I have a bachelor degree in project management. Mm-hmm. I coach. I own my own business. So I'm in the facility management business industry. And and I now I'm an instructor, so I'm I'm teaching a trade um, at a great school where I, I I went to be a locksmith there. So they call me back to be an instructor. But one thing, one of the guys, so we usually get reps, people from different organizations to talk about the, the security industry, and they said never sell yourself short. That's it. You 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 are a security provider. You you're a security technician. This is value. This is like this is this is a big deal. So and before that, that was my case. So if if an employer go tell yeah, we're gonna start you to sixty thousand a year, I go by no. Can we push it to eighty? Because if you can give me 60, you probably have 80. (laughs) (laughs) But my struggle was how to balance. And then not not every time you can do the research. Does that make sense? Right. But in your case, you you designed a job, you know? I did. You created. And, you know, yeah. But what was the lesson now? 
I was looking at the value that I was bringing on and the solution that I was bringing on. Okay. Um, I was looking at the solution that I was bringing only, right? Yeah. But I wasn't examining the value. What you the, yeah. the proper value of that solution and what it was worth monetarily, and that was missing in my research, right? I, I researched the solution and I had to understand what the role was and how I was gonna solve the problem. But I lacked in the research of what everybody paid that role and um, lacked that communication of, you know, what that role should have been paid. Let, let's take a step back. And I, I think this is a problem in our culture. Yes. How can we resolve it? Should we go back to our ancestors or parents mm. where they don't teach? Like me, I grew up with uh, my father died early. Mm. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of things I have to... And God passed my way. I'm not going to lie, man. So, And some people always said... I'm a go-getter. But there's some mistake you make. <laughs> And when you find out how much they're paying, that person, <laughs> it's not like you're comparing salary, but the same way the value mm-hmm. of what you're giving them. Right. I don't know if you want to share, um, talk about it, where that the uh, background, how can we help uh, the next generation to get better? Oh, yeah. And I think you started talking about it when you said go back to the ancestors, right? Um, I think we need to go, um, we need to rethink um, how we're intentional about how we teach each other, the examples yeah. that we provide for each other. Um And we need to re-inject dignity. Yeah. When you talked about going back to the ancestors, we go. We need to go back to a place of regalcy, right? A, a yeah. place of, um, you know, royalty, where we dictated our destinies, right? To where we manifested our environment where we were free to, you know, have the societies to create the societies that are healthy for us. Um, and we need to go back to understanding that that's possible. Um, if And I say go back there with res- reservations because I'm here now. I don't know. I didn't experience the way it was back there. And I know uh, through research um, that that's the way it was. Um, But I think we can make a new uh, intentionality, a new worth, a new uh, courage, uh, a new bravery um, in our society that will transcend into us being confident in negotiating our worth uh, in the market and in other larger societies in the universe. Well said, Gene. Well said. And to add to it, and 
I was <clears throat> I was watching an interview from Iman Shepard. Mm-hmm. He's a basketball player. He played no, for New York. He played for Cleveland. And then he said LeBron James ruined the, the NBA by going to Miami. Uh-huh. Where he cre- he just proved that there was no loyalty. Yeah. So it's the same thing like you talking about loyalty where there's not like now there's two fold of that uh, of that question would be do you agree of LeBron James was the one who kind of win the NBA by promoting player empowerment? Uh, right, exactly. You you know, um, so you grew up you grow up in a paradigm. Yeah, where the one-off paradigm, right? <laughs> and this is something recent that that has been coming into our society. When I saw talk about society and culture, I'm talking about uh, Black American, um, yeah. Indigenous American um, culture and society, to where we magnify one leader and one person makes it, and he has to be exceptional. And we're teaching everybody to work to be that one exception, to be that one draft pick, yeah, right? To be that one Martin Luther King, to be that one Malcolm X's. But we yeah. have to remember that um, Martin and Malcolm were trying to create more of themselves. Yes. And if we have 10, that we can't, we can have 10,000 Malcolm X's. And if we do, we are more powerful in manifesting our society, our culture, and our environment. So, um, yeah, this one off uh, savior mentality where, you know, one savior is supposed to come and save us and we're not, um, we're, we're supposed to be led um, and we're not supposed to lead ourselves. Um, um, gold ties into this courage thing, um, this dependency thing um, that has been engineered over, um, you know, over centuries now, um, and that we we you know we can recognize and rectify. So, so and you can hear that about the great resignation. So, right. freedom. Yes, and I think that's um, the empowerment of the employees. They need they value themselves now. Yes. Without them, there's no job, right? Yes. But I don't know if that relate closely to what we were saying in terms of uh, value yourself in the workforce and then make sure what you're worth, you get it. It, it all t- ties in. Okay. And even it ties into uh, Fred Hampton. Uh, okay. It ties into the Black Panthers. It ties yeah. into Fred Hampton's mantra, more power to the people. And it ties into what he did. He spoke to black and white people, working class people, um, it towards the end of his life. And coincidentally, not not coincidentally, uh, you know, also towards Martin Luther, the end of Martin Luther King's life. Yeah, he talked about going to Washington to get that check. For working class people, yeah, um, and so when that true power transfers back to the people, um, you know, 
the one ones in power who have engineered their societies to their benefit, you know, um, take notice, right? Yeah. They take notice and then they have to label it. Um, we have a term called the great resignation. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a symptom of um, intentionality, confidence, bravery um, being of value. Um, that more individuals have in their own lives and therefore becomes a bigger value in our larger society. So, you know, the, the, the more that we value bravery, freedom, independence, yep. confidence, um, the more you'll see um, certain roles who don't offer, um, who are not conducive to those values. Certain businesses, um, HR practices, yep. certain industries, right? Yep. Certain inf- you know structures within um, infrastructures within industries. If they're not conducive to those values, um, they're going to start to fall um, or have to take uh, drastic measures to remain relevant. But uh, we, you know, as the people, as every individual, have to just keep pushing and keep being more intentional. Um, and you know, holding true to our values. Wow, man, you couldn't say better. I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing this because this talk straight to our core, what we believe in, what we're trying to promote. Because you, so you have three degrees, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, four. four I would say. So- and Five. <laughs> you, know, they, you you spend time you, uh, yeah, yeah, you work yeah. on your skill you, you get better and this is experience this is knowledge you know yeah, skill set right so you get a compensate for this <laughs> am that's i right it. that's right that's All right, right. So, i got a lot of work to do yeah definitely man and i appreciate it because that's what we want. That's the model, uh, model we want for our next generation. Right. Knowing that this is possible if that's what you believe and embrace your calling. So let's go. I know you want to talk about your business, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yes. yes. So yes. Is it, yes. what's the name? So Romulus and Son uh, LLC. Um, our main consultant is... Comey app. Okay. does test, trace, and vaccination for businesses. Okay. So any business over 50 people and they see these laws that are coming up about mandatory vaccine yes. for um, people in the businesses for their clients. Um, all of this is impacting businesses in a great way. Okay. So we have a cost-efficient way to provide you a solution. We are your one-stop shop for tests, trace, and vaccine for your business. We have an app. You download the app as a business owner. You can see who in your employee workforce are vaccinated, who uh, has might uh, who has disclosed to you that you can see if they have been tested or not. And if something happens and somebody does test positive for COVID within your your business, 
yep. we'll do the proper tracing um, and the proper follow-up to make sure all government protocols are adhered to and make sure your business operates at the best way. Yeah, so we have it on the screen now. Great. Um, Great. Yep. 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 So you can see that examples. Those examples is comiapp.com. C-O-M-I-A-P.com. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so where can they get in contact with you? Uh, they can get in contact with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, right. Um, at Romulus JC. At, on Facebook, I'm at Romulus JC on LinkedIn, and I'm at Romulus.jc on Instagram. Um, you can also give me an email at gene at comiap.com. Wow. So we're going to put your. Yes, so I right hear this is you. Yes. That is that's right what? there. That's my LinkedIn. Yep. You know, I was you. on uh, BBC News. There, you can yeah. click there and watch the BBC News um, that I had, the BBC News interview that I had uh, mm-hmm. doing coronavirus work. So, um, again, my purpose is to impact, uh, to improve human health and well-being, and um, this pandemic is the biggest thing that's impacting human health and well-being now. So I'm in it full force, full fledged. Um, and this is how we're providing solutions to you, uh, the people and, and business. No, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So this will be time now for Hot Topic. So Hot Topic is a segment where we talk about question people don't have a chance to talk like we're gonna put you on a hot seat now Uh all right (laughs) let's go all right gene so hot topic for you do you think that a lot of people have misunderstanding of COVID. So if you had a chance to clear the air, clear the misunderstood or misconfusion, what would be your answer? Whoa. Oh my goodness. I, there is so, where do I even start? There's so much misinformation and disinformation out there. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't know where to start this this commercials that are just uh, dispelling myth after myth. Um, I met Kwame Torian. He's the deputy di- um, director of um, the health department here in New York City. And he's on TV every day encouraging um, everybody to get um, vaccinated and get boosted. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the vaccine is going to turn you into a zombie. 
and that's not true. <laughs> we would have a lot, a lot more zombies walking around. I don't know. Maybe some people would say we had zombies before this vaccine came out. Um, mRNA has been um, researched for over ten years, um, uh, longer than that. Um, there have been mRNA vaccines implemented um, for rabies. Actually, so this hasn't been the uh, first infection that mRNA vaccines have been mobilized for. Yeah. Coronavirus is not, um, COVID-19 is not the first coronavirus. So this is not some new um, thing that we haven't heard about before that we already came up with a solution for. Um, This is SARS-CoV-2. COVID-19 is SARS-CoV-2. And as a lot of people could remember in the news, even if you don't follow healthcare, there was already SARS. And SARS um, was a virus that, you know, we already knew about. And yeah. um, SARS is a COVID, is a coronavirus. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think those those are some, I think that's a good one I can, I can attack right there about um, the fact that COVID-19 um, is the second predominant um, coronavirus that humanity has, um, I think, conquering. But some people will say uh, COVID-19 has enriched the witches, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And COVID-19 is expensive. What would okay. you say? I, I I would say that there's a disconnect there, right? So COVID-19 doesn't have a bank account. <laughs> um, you know, you can't go buy COVID-19 uh, from anyone. Yeah. Um, so it's not expensive um, and it, it's not costly. So pandemics are expensive. Pandemics are costly. Um, Coronavirus didn't make people rich. Um, Economic structures, uh, existing economic structures and the pressures that the pandemic made, um, though that's what make make people rich. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but... um Yeah, I think you did a good job answering these questions because I feel like, like you said, this misunderstanding of the COVID and conspiracy, people are taking it the wrong way. Um, these are these are the things that's not helping. Right, but, right. Um, and, and a lot of it is rooted in actual historical um, mistreatments of yeah. large swaths of society um, by people in power. Um, and, you know, did, you know, you know, I wouldn't say justified, but they're understandable um, and real. Yeah. And we just need to uh, be Uh, informed with up-to-date information and not think with past outdated information because that's not what education is. If we're educated, if we stay educated and informed and knowledgeable, um, then our knowledge grows and um, is appropriate to the time and the situation. No, I think this this is great. This is great. So, 
we we get to the end of this episode with Gino Amelis. Um, wow. Thank you for being here with us. We was this fast, was a great, great, great conversation. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, question would be: What are the three movies you would we, we recommend to our audience? Three movies. I do have a top ten, right? Okay. And the three movies on that top ten are number one, Hoodlum. By okay. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Right? Number two is V for Vendetta. Okay. Hugo Weaving, right? <laughs> Number three is Mel Gibson, Apocalypto. Mel oh. Gibson's Apocalypto. Yeah. It's my third top movie. That's that's a good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Any books you would yes. come us? Three books. I would say the most impactful book in my life has been Changed for Thinking by John Maxwell. Okay. The second book I want to recommend is Black Majesty. Black It's Majesty. the story of King Henri Christophe. A lot of people don't know that he had a king. Wow. And so this story was an incredible book uh, about his life. Um, and the third book would be Written in Blood. Written mm. in Blood is the about 2,000 page anthology of Haitian history from the six from like 1590. Yeah, you to gotta send me those link, man. Yeah, send me the link. Yeah. yeah, anything related to Haiti, man. I send you. I send you the books if you want that. How about that? Oh, I'll, 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 I'll let you know. No, that would be too, be too <laughs> much, man. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yo, Gene, um, this is great, man. I, I like it. I, I think. Effortless, we nothing we said was script, and and I think this allows us to have a good conversation where people can learn and understand. You know, your path is your path, and embrace your calling is embrace your purpose. So definitely. So last word for you. Oh, before this, sorry. Is there a question you wish I asked you? Today? Um, you know what? I was I wrote down some questions that I wish you asked me, and you asked me all the questions. No, I got no, to tell we, you. you know we have time. We have like three minutes. Yeah, you 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 asked me everything. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, you asked all me right, everything that, that right. I wanted to be asked. Um, I I wanted to you to ask me. Um, how many brothers and sisters I had, yeah, and I was able to explain that. I was yeah. able to explain how Me that too. impacted my life. Um, actually, you hadn't asked me how having so many brothers and sisters impacted your character, and Man. yeah, and to that oh. answer, I would say yep. I have a piece of every one of my brothers and sisters in my character. I wow. can trace a tendency that I have <laughs> to yeah. a brother that I have. Yeah, oh, that's good, man. That's good. And thank you for reminding me that because we 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 feel like sometimes we have a lot of questions. We're trying to path and then wave on it, and then we miss we might miss a question you would like us to uh, to ask you. So that's why we put it there for you to tell us. So um, before you go. Top influencers in your life. If you had to, you had a ceremony and you have special guests, who you would like to be there? Five people. Five people. 
First of all, my dad has to be there. Yep. Uh, top influencer. We talking about famous people. No, people you okay, that no influence you. It doesn't have to be famous. People all that right, right. in your life. Uh, I, 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 w- I would say Jeff Lindor, the okay. CEO of the Gentleman's Factory in Brooklyn. Actually, uh, I'm looking for him, man, to uh, be a guest, to be a guest. So, okay, <laughs> all right, and I, you know, we could talk offline and see, yeah, you know, if yeah. I could do anything for you. Yeah. Um, you know, he's there. I would say, um, I, I, I want to get some, you know, some public figures in there because um, I admire. Um, some economic leaders that we have. Um, Jeffrey Canada. Okay. He is the owner of um, um, a school, a, a charter school here in Harlem. Okay. Um, Harlem Children's Zone. He okay. actually was CEO of our Harlem Children's Zone, great leader in education. So that's number three. Um, Sean Rochester. Wow. Sean Rochester is also a member of the Gentleman's Factory and an economic leader in our community. He actually founded um, a, a SPAC. And for people who don't know what SPAC is, he founded the first African-American special purpose acquisition. Um, yeah. I forget what the company. It might be okay. company to see. But special purpose acquisition, and this company is now raising money for a sky of uh, um, a skyscraper in the city dedicated yeah. to African American culture. Wow! It's, it, it's an incredible project that's happening right now, and that's really close to fruition. Um, so that's four. Yeah. Um, that's four influences. Um, and let's so it doesn't say dead or alive so I would say the fifth is Malcolm X um, Malcolm X I think is a great shining example um, yeah. of, yes. of intentionality yep. and, um, and exemplifying um, intentionality and um, purpose uh, for humanity yes. and um, yeah so those are the five and top influences in my life I guess right now that could come off the top of my head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, Gene. Really appreciate the time. Um, last word for you. Last word for me. Um, the logical path to purpose is foundation, inspiration, and growth. Wow. Thank you, Gene. So this is Eddie Dacius on Divine Purpose Podcast with Gene Romulus. He's a wonderful, wonderful guest. We had a great time with him. Thank you, Gene, for taking the time to be with us and to share your career experience and then give advice to our audience. We appreciate it. See you guys soon. And thank you, Gene. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, Divine Purpose Podcast.